you've already heard it all. But now you resonate. The world has pushed you out of what you thought you knew, your comfort zone, and into this strange place, this slightly off reality. Welcome to the Truth Serum Podcast, hosted by the controversial and funny Dom Bates, author, mother, human, and all-round thought leader. The time has come to realign your essence with your experience. We all know this world is changing. You're here now because you've personally felt it, and your reality has reflected the Truth Serum Podcast, getting to the root of what really is. And now, Dawn Bates. It is. I can see your face. I mean, you know, my lighting's not that great. See, guys, this is kind of how Renelle and I roll. We're already on record and we're like, it's lighting all right. We just rock. We just go for it. Now, I really want to introduce you to uh, Renelle because um, there are not that many people that I let in my inner circle. But this woman, if she ever tries to leave, I'm going to hunt her down. And I'm going to go and get her. <laughs> I buckled her by accident what, about five, six years ago. Yeah. And I heard this. Hello. That's what It's her. Oh, Hello. <laughs> Best butt call I've ever made in my entire life, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, well, it sort of started from there, didn't it? Yeah, because yeah, we were on a we we're on a course together, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so Renelle is like, as I've just said, she's like one of my dearest friends, and um, we do giggle a lot. So if we go dog pitch. If you don't hear us, <laughs> only dogs can hear us when we get going. We will try and keep the conversation going as much as possible um, without needing to go to the bathroom because we might need some tenor lady. But uh, <laughs> Renelle, um, her and I are the people that a lot of people didn't see coming, which we are going to get on to. But Renelle does a lot of healing in this world and uh, has done a lot of healing. And she works with uh, mainly women um, on healing uh, traumas, uh, love wounds. She's called me on my bullshit quite a lot. Um, and, um, yeah, just be aware, we both of us were unfiltered. So if you're looking for a show where there are no curse words or you want um, ladies of lunch, this is probably not the episode for you. So, Renelle, tell us a little bit more about, where, well, first of all, you're in Australia, so this is what stupid o'clock in the morning for you and stupid o'clock at night for me. Um, you're in Early Beach. Yeah. And you're leading um, healing retreats for women on um, looking at generational, generational pattern wounding, you're looking at DNA. Um, healing you do sexual trauma what else do you do um I sort of do like a whole mix back because as human beings we're holistic and where you start looking at one 
area or start pulling apart one trauma, there are threads that run throughout every area of your life. So I sort of, yeah, I do the whole bag, the whole mixed bag of what I work on. Do a lot of stuff like with relationships. Um, yeah, sexual healing, healing sexual trauma. We do, that's predominantly what, what I focus on with women. But I also, you know, bring in spirit guides and stuff like that. I help women to create a relationship with their intuition, right? So that they can learn to trust their, to trust themselves rather than continue to give their power away. So it's Mm -hmm. spiritual, it's woo woo, but it's all very practical, um, solutions and tools and stuff that you can use to, you know, walk away with and then go and pour into your relationships once you leave. And most of all, the relationship with yourself first. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Tell, other, tell people what else you do, Renelle. What else do I do? Yeah. <laughs> I always hate it when people go, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I heal people's shit. Okay. She, had, she missed that bit, guys and ladies. She drives these big, badass trucks. Right, oh, like that make Mack trucks look like Tonka toys. Yeah, they're like She's little like... Hot Wheels cars compared to the trucks that I drive. So I also work in mining by day um, when I'm not a healer. So yeah, I'm I operate heavy machinery, like machinery that's like the size of a two story house. So it's like I'm a big fuck off truck driver. <laughs> those I just love those so cool. I'm like. I mean, I know what it feels like when I'm driving a big, huge van, you know, and people are like, wow, you drive a van? Like, yeah, I drive boats as well, 55 metres across the Atlantic in your face, right, (laughs) which is pretty cool. Uh, But, like, I'm just like, oh, my God, look at the size of that truck. Like, the wheel alone makes you look like a little sprite, like Mm. it's just sitting on a toadstool. You can see I've got my pencil and my because we will probably go off on lots of tangents. Yeah. Okay. That's just who we are. We just rock and roll that way. But one of the things that um I want to ask you, like when we say that we're we're healers and we heal people shit, um, I mean I kick them I kick them up the ass with their work and their results and getting their book written and getting their business results that they want and up in their prices and knowing their value um, and all that jazz. But one of the things that uh, we both quite passionate and outspoken on in a lot of ways is a lot of the narcissistic coaches that are out there that tell people that they, they need healing, that everything's wrong with them, and that and they put them, they use all these bro marketing tactics of putting people into a uh, place of scarcity and talking about their pain points and, you know, and really driving all of that home. And yeah, it just feels really icky. Mm. Now, obviously, there are certain wounds that need healing. You know, we are all whole and complete anyway. Yeah. And, some of the stuff we've seen, like I know some of the conversations we've had, um, we've both just been left with this absolute disbelief of what's out there. What is one of the biggest things that really annoys you about a lot of coaches 
um, and so-called healers out there. Um, and this is not a bitch fest, by the way, guys. This is yeah, just not a bitch really fest. So obviously, like, I guess in the healer community is that there's this big focus on love and light or it's about slapping affirmations over your shit and saying that you're healed or that you've done the work. Um, whereas me, I'm sort of, I go the other way. Like, oh, I'm all about, like, leaning into the dark, diving into the underworld, like, getting into the mess, getting into the raw, real, vulnerable, heavy shit and pulling it apart so you can actually shift and transform and grow so that then you can see and hold light. So I think... Yeah, so with the healers, a lot of it's like it's light and it's fluffy. And I don't know if it so much triggers me as much. Because um, we've healed that stuff. Yeah, because we've healed that stuff. But I'm just like, wow, like you don't. When I see that, I also see that they're not treating both sides of the same coin. Like they're just trying to, yeah. I don't know if that, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it does because this is the thing. It's like I am. Um, I I've worked with quite a few clients that um, they've gone to other coaches, and I end up. I mean, I'm people call me a coach these days. You know, there's a label for everything. Yeah. Um, but um, one of the things that I mean, obviously, we work in very different areas, mm-hmm. but some of the things I see in my clients that have paid some real top-end high-end coaches a huge amount of money and they've just just been left in this space of self-doubt like like they they're getting it all wrong all the time and they're they're frustrated and like I'm probably like their third or fourth coach Sometimes, you know, a little bit further down that line. And, or I've had people come to me that have been in therapy for many years. Um, and they have one session with me and they're like, oh my God, like what happened? I went, and the lights yeah. go on, did they? Because it, and it's almost like they're disabling them or they don't actually teach them or they don't actually take them through the processes at the ground level. So, for mm. example, I can't get my clients to accelerate their business results and improve their uh, product spectrums and increase their prices if they haven't got the self-worth actually ask for that Mm. it's not just about the journaling and it's not just about like you say slapping an affirmation on it and because affirmations don't work for everybody vision boards don't work for everybody journaling doesn't actually work for everybody i need to journal i need to write because if i don't all this stuff in my head it's got to go somewhere (laughs) that's why i smash out a book in a week or however long it takes. Not all books can be written in a week. But um, this is the thing that it really, it does get to me because it's more damaging than it's helping. Mm. And then you see these people spending all this extra money that they didn't need to spend. Mm. And they could have been investing that in their business. It's almost like they want, these other coaches want to keep people stuck. They want to remain at the top. Yeah, keep a cap on these people yeah. so that they don't actually ever rise. Yeah. yeah. But they never they might rise above them. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
and it is quite interesting that um, when those of us who are the underdogs or the people that they never saw coming, um, and I know that this is probably different for you, uh, but one of the things that, I mean, I built a really successful business back in the UK. I then arrived in Australia and New Zealand. People in Australia and New Zealand had never heard of Dawn. Mm. And then they met Dawn. <laughs> and then Dawn, they got to know Dawn and they got to know what Dawn could do. And they got to know who Dawn was, even though I was healing a lot of my shit, which I do want to go through with you. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I don't want to go through it with you, but actually, I want to actually bring that out so we can actually share a bit more of what you did, the work you um, help people with. But it was really interesting that um, when you just said that they don't rise above them, they want to keep you at that level. They want to keep, they want to put out your light so that their light keeps shining. But keep someone who's, them. It's like codependency almost, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's a codependency. Mm. Yeah. But as somebody who moves on all the time, you know, and keeps going and keeps going and has been through what I've been through and as I've had businesses for the last 20-odd years, it's like, eh, you're one of those. And it's not me being arrogant yeah. and that's not me being obnoxious. That's just me having been in business since the age of 21. That is 22 years, which I'm quite like in this length of time I've been in business and now I kind of want to accelerate to 33 years because, you know, I like my angel numbers. Um, There is a method to my madness. Um, but it it does, when you're in the same country and you're in the same communities, and or it's very, it gets quite incestuous at some yeah. point. Very much so. That's why I've just, like, removed myself from that whole space. Oh, half an hour? Joy boy. So okay, this is the result of the, the work that, I mean, he's probably going to come on and stick his tongue in. He is. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> I told you this show would be raw and real. This is unedited, unfiltered, real conversations. So if you don't like it, this is the truth serum and this is real life, okay? So... um the environment that people put themselves in, and this is where I wanted to get to with this, is it doesn't really matter whether you are in the same village, the same town, same city, or the same country. How you and who you surround yourself with and how you protect your energy and your focus, it does, it does make a huge impact to who you become and the wounds that you can heal, doesn't it? Very much so. Environment is everything. In what way? Well, you become, what's the old saying? It's like, it's one, probably one of the first things that I ever learned about environment is that you become, you know, the people that you hang around, in particular, the five people that you hang yeah. around the most is mm. who you become. So it's like, well, who the fuck's sitting here in, here in your corner? Because <laughs> is that where you want to be or is that what you want to become? Yeah. Mm. So, for example, like the, the people you work with, mm. people you live with, the friends you hang out with. Yeah. 
the business networks yeah. because that in the coaching world um as it's known as today or in the healing world you I, I guess in some ways you have a harder job than i do uh charging for your work and charging what you're worth and asking people for what you're worth because people go oh if you're a spiritual healer then yeah. you're not allowed to charge for your work yeah yeah yes you're never allowed to eat so. anything ever again by the way because you can't afford it because you can't charge people for the work that you do <laughs> what is it shining yosa's baby um yeah you've hit the nail on the head like i think people they don't value the transformation Themselves. in that area i think yeah so, and the way that I like to put it, okay, because, and this is a conversation that come up with my mum when I started going to like tantric workshops and stuff like that. My mum was like, why are you wasting your money on that? And I was like, well, I don't see it as a waste of money because if these workshops are going to help me to create or co-create a really awesome relationship, when I get married, I'm going to have the skills and the know-how to work through shit together rather than end up divorced which, you know, in the context of why you're wasting your money on this, well, when you go through divorce, you usually, like, lose a ton of money. So if you've got the tools and the know-how to get through relationships, you're actually saving, like, yeah. when you look at the money side of things. but And even if you're not getting divorced, you're saving the money on therapists and marriage yeah. counsellors who also, like lawyers, want to keep you stuck because guess what? They're making money. Which yeah. again feeds onto what we were saying about a lot of coaches and healers. They want to keep you stuck because then you keep relying on them. Mm. Yeah. yeah, nasty. And I, I mean, yeah. I know I did just have a bit of a joke there that people don't value themselves, but they don't. Yeah. Right. And this is the thing it's like, unless you actually value your work and you actually value the knowledge and the time and the effort that you've put into something and learning something and you know, it's like, how can you not value yourself? And then mm. even when I was at my lowest point, you know, and I've always in business, I've always charged, like, you know, like this, yeah. how much have I invested in learning this subject? How long did it take me to learn that? Okay. Mm. And I've always been really good at that. And I asked the question, how can you not value yourself? And the reason why I asked that in such a flippant way is because I didn't value myself in a relationship. Mm. I hung on to my marriage, as Ramo and I discussed the other day. Uh, and we were saying that, I mean, when we got divorced, it was just, he was like, oh, we'll just get divorced. And I was like, all right, then I'll change my name by deed poll. Jobs are good and paid $39 for, for the deed poll application and we were done. Mm. No lawyers, nothing. I was like, you will be the dad you want to be. You will contribute, yeah. you will see them as often as you want, um, and you will contribute to their education and their life financially as much as you want to because they will be your judge, not me, not a lawyer, not a judge in a courtroom. They will be your judge, and it's up yeah. to you to be the, the man that I think you were and are. And, we were, and that was the thing, and he, he has done. I mean, he's taking care of them now while I swan around the world on yachts and faffing about and sunbathing all day because <laughs> that's all I do, apparently. Mm -hmm. uh. 
but I didn't value myself at all, not in a relationship. And you know, you've you've seen me snotty eye, like snotty eyed, snotty nosed eyes, crying. And you do the work. You you yeah. you take you ask you ask some nasty questions. Bunch of stuff over the face, yeah. <laughs> I think I felt a punch at one point through the, the the Zoom call or the messenger call. But again, some people they you know people like us, we kind of. We've been hardened. We've been toughened because mm. of certain things that have happened, certain things we've seen and witnessed and experienced. Yeah. I'm not here to wrap anybody in, in cotton wool. Like, as a healer, I hold space for so, so much. But I'm also not here to enable people to remain stuck and I'm not going to wrap them in cotton wool because it's too hard. Like, no, <laughs> that's what I say. Like, I quite often say when you come and work with me, it's like a slap over the face, like wrapped up in a big warm hug, you know. Um, it, it's the light in the dark. Yeah. Mm. It's a cactus inside out. <laughs> I'll have to use that. You're very welcome. <laughs> it's like my phrase. I mean, I still get reminded of this one so often. When I say that there are so many grossly obese inspiration eaters out there, because all mm. and a friend of mine, Sandra, who wrote the foreword for my first book in the sacral series, Moana, um, Sandra Rollis, she is um, she she does similar work to you, um, and she's out in Arizona, and um, I mean it's different. Um, people have to go check that out um, if they want Sandra, but I mean she's in Arizona. She does like. Um, like some of the stuff like that I've done with her just in her free meditations is like <sighs> ouch painful yeah. like just a meditation and I know that just having a conversation with you um, that I, I'm not I'm not ready or I wasn't ready to go there with anybody else and there was just something about the way in which you deal with things, Cassandra's a lot softer than you, yeah. right? And at that point, I needed that. And then yeah. it got to a point where I think you said, Dawn, just stop fucking about. I was like, yes, for now. <laughs> Too scared not to now. But I knew that if I was actually going to break through um, and really value myself, I needed someone who was going to take me a lot deeper. Mm. And that process, like I, I call it the spiral process. I don't know yeah. if that's what you call it. <sighs> that night when I was in Argentina in Buenos Aires, like, and it was quite interesting because you said, you now need to leave all this behind. And a week later, I was upgraded to the apartment uh, downstairs, much bigger apartment, much nicer. And it was like oh. I left all of that stuff in that other apartment. And it was like, that's oh. so good. Yeah. But that's yeah. the work you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Help people shift physically, yeah. emotionally. Yeah. It's, um, it's quite interesting. So we ran our last retreat just uh, not even a week ago now. And so I've had some repeat clients, like clients come back because they want to do, they want to work further on their stuff. Um, and it's quite 
it, it always just blows me away to see these women come back and how much they've shifted, grown, how much more of themselves that they've become since they last did the work with me. Like it brings tears to my eyes. And then like not only the growth that they've had on themselves, but what's happened in their world with their partners, with their family, with their children, like the transformation. Like it's not just a, it's not just the person that's coming to the retreat that you end up helping. It's who they impact in their lives. Like it's yeah, it makes my heart like it gives me tingles <laughs> when I think about it. Yeah, so yeah, hmm. because it does impact the children. Yeah. Yeah. And it does heal generational wounds. Mm-hmm. And those of us who are willing to face this stuff, we are breaking patterns. Oh, yeah. That shit stops with, stops with us or stops with you when you do the work. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so you have people come back. And mm. the first time you saw people come back, um, did you at any point think, oh, it didn't work the first time? Or did you know that um, or did they let you know beforehand they wanted to go deeper, that they wanted, like, I mean, how does that work? Because sometimes when I've had a client come back to me, I've gone, oh, like, you know, in the very early days, like when we're going back that many years, over well, over a decade and a half, the first time I started doing this work and helping people and mentoring them on their business, it was. Um, like seeing them come back, I'm like, why have you come back? Like, didn't you learn it the first time? Yeah. Because we're sp- in the, some ways we put ourselves out of work because we help people achieve these mm. things and they go on to the next level. And now, obviously, because of the amount of business experience I've got and the results I've got, and not the mind. I don't even know what to call it. It's a vision that's in a vision, on a vision, it's like, oh, my God, how many levels of inception and do we want to go? Like, seriously, sometimes I, I do look at my wall and I go, that's a lot of stuff. It's all right. I can handle that. <laughs> but when they come back and they're still working on the same thing, how, how do you address that? Um, well, you slap them. Well, okay, so let's go back. Oh, you probably would have heard about like the saying, like anything that you're working on, whether it's a trauma, whether it's an issue, whether it's a problem, it's like an onion, yeah? There's so many different layers. So I honestly believe like the first time around, they're like pulling back the first layers, yeah? And then they go away however many months or whatever time it is in between, and then they integrate that. And then they'll come back and there'll be another layer. So eventually that onion or that problem just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's nothing within their field. Um, mm-hmm. I also, so when people come back and work with me, like especially in retreat space, I'm always creating something different with each different retreat. So they're not just coming back for the same stuff, although sometimes they mm-hmm. do address stuff that they've worked on previously as well. And I think more than anything they can hear it two or three times from you, but it's not until the fourth until it just lands, like, and they embody yep. it. And they're like, fuck, oh, I get it. Like, and it's like, whoa, it's this massive, yeah, light bulb moment that goes off. So, yeah, I don't know. 
No, I like that because I think that that also has a lot to do with our growth and the way we Mm. see things and the way we keep growing. And Mm. like you say, sometimes you can hear the same thing over and over and it's not until you hear it just slightly differently or you are in a different space to be able to hear it. Yeah, you can receive it. Yeah. Because yeah. other times your barriers are up or your fear is up or like the negative programming is up. And like you said at the very beginning, there's this thread mm. that's connecting everything. And yeah. while we might be working on this area of their business or their healing um, and they go, I need to come back for that. And then we actually start working and it's like, actually, no, we're not dealing with this anymore. You're mm. just dressing it up as this. Yeah. We're actually dealing with this, this ugly monster yeah. over here. Yeah, mm. yeah, and he's a stinker. Mm. Like, and, and we need to deal with that. Because yeah. this is the thing, for me, it wasn't the fact that I had, um, it's not that I didn't like, I mean, I didn't like myself when I was younger, although I did. And it was that, um, because, I mean, I remember um, growing up on my mum going, I may love you, but I don't like you very much. Right, and I was like, yeah, cheers, thanks, mum. That's just really nice of you to say. But... Yeah. <laughs> And it, and it's because, and now as, like, we've done the work and uh, you and I have got deeper into, like, the stuff that I've done. Um, and it, I I will be honest with you, like, those of you that are listening, Ranelle and I have called each other on our BS, on our journey, um, as friends, as well as, like, gone, uh-uh, you're not doing that. Yeah. And. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm not going to let you do that because obviously she's my friend and friends don't let each other do. This is one of the good things about being friends with the coach and that doesn't mean to say I want loads of friendship requests, thanks. Um, um, again, going back to the grossly obese inspiration eaters that just want to be friends with you so you can give them free coaching or mates rates. Mates rates don't exist because if you were really my mate, then you would pay my full fees. Um, but um I give a lot away for free, read my posts. Um, <laughs> again, being very playful, I've got really, my, my coccyx really still hurts. I went horse riding on Sunday. Uh, and this is something that we've talked about, the coccyx problem. Because yeah. I was told that um, my coccyx problem, like I get in a lot of pain if I'm sat um, in a certain position or I'm sat quite a bit, which, you know, when you're sailing around the world and writing a book, you know, it kind of has an issue. So I do dance around there quite a bit. Um, but I was told that until I healed all my traumas and had actually unblocked all of my chakras and done the work and really allowed myself to feel, I wouldn't actually get rid of this trauma. It's like, no, I actually broke my coccyx when I fell off a horse about 10 years ago. Yes. It's not just about emotional pain. It is sometimes a physical pain. <laughs> yeah. You can't put a broken coccyx in a plaster cast and hope it'll heal. <laughs> like, what is that? Um, but what was I saying? Um, when you are, you've got a friendship like Rinella and I've got, you will call each other on stuff. And there was stuff that when I was looking at, that I was sharing with you, there were times when you would just look at me and just go, really, Dawn? Like, it was written all over your face, like, really, Dawn? You're going to use that excuse? Do you find that when you're working with people that uh, 
sometimes the lines between client and friendship really starts to blur. Um, yes, and so I've seen people post like that you're creating, like that you're that you're doing you're not doing a disservice to your clients when those lines mix. But quite honestly, anybody who comes to a healing retreat with me is a friend for life, as far as I'm concerned. Like I love them; they're fantastic people. How can I not? Yeah, yeah I don't know how. I don't it's know, maybe that's just the way that I operate. But how can you have somebody in your space for like, you know, four to six days, hear about, you know, some of some of their deepest secrets that they don't or they can't talk to anybody else about? Like it is an intimate environment. I'm not sure how you can just be like, oh, well, I'm just a coach. Like, nah, I care for these people, you know? Yeah, yeah nice. absolutely. And I, I'm obviously coming into some money because my nose is itching which is great, um, old wives tale there for you. I, and I agree with you because I, sometimes when I go really deep with my clients, like bringing out their story because the kind of books that I write, as you know, they're more memoir, um, autobiographical, biographical work. And some of the stuff that they, they write, you're like, no, you're not writing that. That's just surface level. Like we're going like, no, I want I want the juice. I want the dirty, nitty gritty that get got you to that. You know, or you're interviewing people or you're getting to know really, you spend a huge amount of time with people and getting them to be that vulnerable that they're actually willing to share what they share in mm. a book that is imprint forever. Not like an article that you can post in, or a Facebook post that you can write something and then delete it or edit it. Um, it's in a book and it's around forever. Mm. You've got to be really vulnerable, really brave, really willing to go there to open up. And I can't not be a friend with somebody who I've gone on that journey with. Yeah. But there are some of my friends that I know I'd never work with. So mm. a lot of the time my clients become my friends, but I know friends will never become clients. Yeah. Like yeah. there's just some stuff you just know. Yeah. Thanks. I don't care how much you pay me. That ain't happening. We're not going there. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> It's an interesting one because when you like called me, like I remember when I watched that movie in Italy, um, not a movie in Italy, after what I went through in Italy with my whatever that was, um, I couldn't watch anything that had Italy in it. Mm. Anything that was filmed in Italy, like in Rome or in you know, any of those places, it was just, I just can't watch it. I couldn't hear. I, I just couldn't. Like, even mm. being out on the ocean really, really triggered me. It was just a reminder. But mm. I knew I had to face it. Mm. And you said to me one day, stop running from it, Dawn. Just mm. feel it. I was like, I don't know how to feel. I was numb. Mm -hmm. Really numb. And it took me, what, four years, for nearly four years to allow myself to actually 
feel anything because I shoved stuff down so much, pretending I was okay, pretending, putting on a brave face, smile on my face, faking it until I made it in that one particular area of my life. And what was happening, like that red, that thread that you were talking about, the moment I dealt with that area of my life, everything else exploded. Everything else shifted. Yeah, just like pull that thread. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You're pretty blessed to do the work you're doing. I feel pretty honoured. I feel called. It's like somebody else I was doing the interview with, um, and it was in regards to doing this work, and I'm like, well, I can't not do this work. Like sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's fucking heavy, sometimes it is extremely messy. But I can't not do it. Like you think about giving up, you go, fuck this, you have this fuck this shit moment, go, I'm not doing this anymore. Like it's it's too much. And then that lasts for about a day. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think you've been called to do it right now? Um well, it's a massive part of my purpose, like and when I think about everything that I've been through, it just it makes sense. It's like, well, of course, that's why I went through everything that I've that I've experienced, you know. Um, and like one thing that I've really noticed is that I'm a safe place for a lot of my clients. They're like, well, I just I just trust you. I don't trust anybody else with the shit because it's it's heavy, and they feel so much shame or guilt. I was about to hit them too. Um, I just got a, a rush of goosebumps at my yeah. left arm. Um, they carry a lot of shame or guilt or, you know, ickiness around whatever it is that they're coming to me for and they're like, well, but I trust you, I feel safe. Um, so when it's like, well, if they don't have me to come and to come and do this work with, then be fucked if they're going to carry it for the rest of life. Like. I can remember one of my clients um, after coming to one of my workshops, she was like, fuck, I got more out of, you know, your free online masterclass than I got out of two years with a psychologist. And I'm like, I can't not do this work if that's their only fucking option. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think that you take that on, though, like I'm their, their only option? Um, No, not not like in a martyr or not not in a not in an unhealthy way. Like I do feel a sense of responsibility because I know what it's like to be there because I've done this work. I've, I do it ad nauseum, like, you know, on my own healing journey. So I know what it's like to have no one to turn to. So I guess I do feel that uh, there's a sense of responsibility, but it's not, it doesn't come with negative connotations for me at all. Yeah. But this is what I this is what I do for humanity. Like it's purpose. Yeah. What helped yeah. you find your purpose for now? Um, doing the healing work. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps evolving and growing and, you know, becoming more. So but that's just the evolution of me, so I guess. Do you want, are you willing to go where you needed to heal? Yes. Still on that journey? Um, yes, definitely. There's no, like, I will go to every corner in the fucking earth 
to do the work for myself. And then once I've gone through it, I'm like, fuck, this would be so super powerful for my clients. So then I obviously end up bringing it into the work that I do. Yeah. Because isn't that the thing, like, as well we were saying about the onion, people that go, oh, you know, I don't need to do any more work. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Why do you need to go there? And it's like because once you have realised that once you've dealt with this stuff, and you've cleared these blockages or these um, healed these wounds or whatever we want to add to it, or we've identified a blind spot um, or we've unleashed our intuition, like loads of all of these things get spoken about in the coaching world um, or in the healing world or in the personal development world. Um, and oh, the more you rise through your journey, the more you do heal, the more you go, ah. Oh, Ah, okay. I see what's happening there. Okay, I'm seeing a pattern. Oh, okay, I'm doing that again. Mm. Yeah. You're able to call yourself on it. But again, the more your own success um, in all, I mean, I'm not talking like financial. I'm not talking about, you know, whatever label you want to add to whatever you are or who you think you are or who you want to be or, you know, I mean, we all know that I'm not a fan of people who write a pamphlet and then call themselves an author or run a 99 cents 24 hour special on blank pages and then call themselves an international bestseller. Um, no, love, he didn't actually write anything on the page. Um, but, um, you know, it's, yeah, I really, we all know that I've got a bugbear about that. And if you haven't listened to the second episode of this podcast, then I suggest you go back and listen to it. Um, but, um, when we get to a certain level of awareness and we start achieving results in our life in a certain area, sometimes we hit that wall and we go, oh, actually, yeah, I still haven't dealt with that. Mm. Like that whole thing with my mum, I thought that I didn't like myself and that I had issues in line. I was attracting all these men that just didn't value me and, you know, and like that just thought that, you know, whatever, like my my dad left when I was younger, that was my fault. Because obviously a four-year-old is to blame for a parent's breakdown in the marriage. What a story I made up about myself, four years old, right? <laughs> it's amazing also how many six-year-olds are running around running multi-million dollar organizations uh, because mm. of choices they made or beliefs that they set up when they were four and five and six years old. Um, but the whole... And then, like, you know, the problems I had with my brother and then, like, my marriage broke down and then, like, my last relationship didn't work. And it's like, oh, why is this pattern still happening? So, okay, I'm mm -hmm. not interested in having a relationship with anybody. Yeah. The only relationship I'm having is with myself. And I love myself now. And I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. I am because I am. I'm really lovely. And I'm funny and I'm mm. intelligent. Mm. And the people don't like to say that about themselves. People think if you say that kind of stuff about yourself, that you're full of yourself. It's like, yeah, I'm full of love for I myself. I actually am. I'm full yeah. of love for myself. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? Why yeah. do you think we're programmed? Or why? Obviously, I've just given the. Why do you think, Pete, other than the fact that they are programmed? Why do you think people really don't like to say that they they love themselves and that they're amazing? 
I don't know, here in Australia, there's a lot of tall poppy syndrome. So, yeah. Explain. Tall poppy, like anybody who's like doing well and going, fuck yes, I did it. They're like, nah. And they want to pull you down to their level. Like they don't like to see anybody <laughs> succeed and do really well. Like it fucking triggers them. And I'm like, well, fuck you, next. Get out. <laughs> Leave my space. But isn't that um, what we were saying about those coaches that want to keep you at a level and friends that, um, because this is something, it's actually quite interesting because there's a cafe in Sheffield called Tall Poppy. And I remember walking along the road one day and going, yeah, it's probably not a very wise name for your coffee shop. Um, if you're listening, guys from Tall Poppy in Sheffield, you might want to name that. But you might actually know what it means and you might not give a crap. Right. Or you might have actually been called tall poppy and you've reframed it, which is great. But the tall poppy syndrome does it's it's that thing that you just like, why can I not be happy for the successes that I've got? And how why is it wrong for me to go after more? Mm. You know, if yeah. I just run a 10K run, like a 10K thing, run a 10K. Mm. I'm going to be happy with myself. If I could run 5K at the moment, I'd be happy with myself. And I used to smash out 10Ks, you know, not a problem. If I could do 10 lengths of a pool at the moment, I'd be happy. I could dance for hours, but this whole pandemic that we're in at the moment, oh, God. And Latin America, no wonder you don't see them at the, at the Olympics winning gold medals in the swimming. They don't have. They don't have public swimming pools. And even if they did, they're not open. Oh, wow. That No. Yeah, right. Like, what's that yeah. about? But I want to swim. I can, yeah. I don't, I swim in, in the ocean. <laughs> I go swimming in the ocean. So, like, I am really strong. Um, I just end up playing I'm like and the thing is like once I start swimming I don't want to stop swimming mm. and I remember when I was in Tenerife I started swimming <laughs> and I was like okay and I was like oh where's that windsurfer come from <laughs> carried on swimming oh there's another windsurfer <laughs> why are there all these windsurfers everywhere <laughs> I've been swimming like, look at me I'm still swimming right <laughs> I've been swimming so far I'd actually swam into the windsurfing bit, not actually paying any attention because, you know, I'm having a dawn moment. Um, I have to have these dawn moments because, so, you know, because so, someone said to me, Dawn, you're really intelligent for someone who's really daft. I'm like, they, they go hand in hand. <laughs> you have to be, because some of this work that we deal with, it's really traumatic yeah. and it's really painful stuff. So if we don't learn yeah. to giggle, and we don't learn mm -hmm. to find joy in stuff and protect ourselves from onboarding it. Mm. Man, that would just be heavy. Yeah. I do a lot of clearing and stuff myself. Like it's a necessity. Yeah. What do you mean by clearing? Just like intense, like with breath work, whether I'm taking myself through visualization practice. Um, it's also why I do so much shadow work um, myself. 
so that when I am either working with somebody or I'm in their field and I'm taking on all their crap, it doesn't trigger me because mm. I've done so much work around all of this kind of shit myself. Otherwise, you take it on and you carry it home and, yeah, it's just too much. Because energy transfer is so real. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that, because Khalid's my son, is like, mommy, you and your hippie stuff. Like energy, really? Like seriously? I was like, like Mr. Physics and computer mm -hmm. science and advanced mathematics with a really expensive calculator that, you know, you don't really need to just, I'm sure this calculator, I mean, I have no, I mean, I don't touch it. It's so expensive. I mean, I'm happy with a five pound WH Smith Casio job. Him, he's got more buttons than a graphic equalizer in a recording studio on a calculator. And it does graphs. It does everything. Right. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't even go near the calculator because I'll break it. Cause I'll just go, what's this button do? <laughs> Oh no, I've just pressed the red button and there's nuclear war happening. Um, but he, um, he says to me, because you're in all your hippie stuff. I'm like, no, seriously, Khalid, let me explain to you about the energy. Rolls eyes very loudly. Um, yeah. and he says, um, he goes, go on then. And I'm like, okay, you know, when you walk in a room, I said, and you know, like if you walk into the classroom and you know there's a boy that fancies a girl and a girl fancies a boy, you can tell, you can feel something. You can feel like, oh, yeah, what were you doing before the teacher came in, right? <laughs> he goes, I went to a different school to you, mummy. We don't do that in my school. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's so funny, right? <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, so remember when your dad and I were having really bad days Right. And we'd had a row and then we tried to pretend everything was okay. I said, you know that feeling you got? That's energy. Yeah. Right. You can feel stuff. That's the energy, right? And um and then um he goes, Oh, so that was like when you and were like and then he goes, Oh, it's like when you two were like kissing in the kitchen and then like Nasty and I had walk in and you kind of just stopped and we kind of knew that you'd been kissing, which was disgusting by the way. I mean <laughs> I was like, yeah, wait till you get a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but he, um, but that is one of the things that a lot of people go, oh, this energy stuff, it's not real. You're just talking mm. bollocks. And I'm just like, no, we're not. It is a real thing. Yeah. And sometimes when I touch people, like, I'm like, oh. Or if someone brushes at me, like me, like, I mean, I don't go out much um, uh, because I don't. Because it's not even now to the point where I have to touch someone or be close up to them. Even just walking through down the street, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I don't know. There's there are certain places back home in the UK where I I don't ever. I mean, I'll probably never go back to the UK ever again. My mum did say over her dead body because obviously it would probably be like at her funeral that I would go back, or if she was really sick. <laughs> That's yeah. how much I really want to go back to England. Um, but just there are some people that you see, but you feel their pain. You feel their sadness. Yeah. And you don't even know. You don't even know, like, anything about them, but you know. Mm. And I get visions 
Like there's something that happened to that person. Yeah. And that that can that's a bit freaky sometimes. Hmm. Do you yeah. get that? The old third eye visions, yeah. <laughs> I've had some pretty horrific like premonitions. But they weren't just premonitions because they were true eventually. Mm. 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 Seeing things in people and yeah. yeah. But once but, again, it's just energy. Yeah. It's the translation of, of energy that you sort of see, I think, yeah. And it reminds me when I was in uh, the police cell during the Scotland saga mm. uh, and that, oh, that really dirty, slimy, dark social worker, whoever it was, like I hadn't even seen him. I hadn't even heard his footsteps. But there was, like, I remember lying there. I had just been doing my squats and my lunges and my press-ups and my planks um, because, you know, what else is there to do in prison other than work out and just lie there mm. and think about what's happened. Um, and not that I was in prison for a long time. Go read Crossing the Line. You'll, re you'll know the story. But um, I felt, I was lying, I remember lying down thinking, well, what the hell is happening? Why am I here? What's going on? And then all of a sudden I felt this darkness, this real heavy, like it felt really dirty and really evil and like just not the kind of energy you want to be around. And I could feel it. And then I felt like it was suffocating me. Mm. And yeah. then I heard the door open of the police cell and there was this man like I don't even want to call him a man that's just a dishonor to men like yeah. he was just he was dark everything yeah. about him was dark um yeah. but the fact that I felt his energy before way before I was like and then he came and sat next to me and I was just like oh my yeah. god just go away from me it was yeah. honestly I think I'd rather sit in a bath of black widow spiders. Like, yeah. that's just how nasty it was. And yeah. I really don't like spiders. <laughs> I really don't like them. Especially you Australian. You sitting in a bath with them anyway. No. This will make you laugh. I went over to get the hot water for my tea. Right. And we've got these... Um, little geckos on the ceiling like they're everywhere they're just so mad they're crazy it's amazing we had some we had rain today so a lot of them have come out and that they're, they're hatching as well i think and they're on the ceiling running around like eating all the mosquitoes so i love them because the mosquitoes love me and i hate mosquitoes so like go knock yourself out bring out all these little dudes that are eating them and it released its suction pads from the ceiling and fell to the floor right in front of me. Well, I oh. ice wheeled. I was just ah! like, I'm sure I woke up the whole of the town where I'm in. Well, it's not a town. It's a little fishing village. Um, but, oh, my God, it was nasty. Mm. But the guy who made me my hot water just stood there laughing at me. Mm. God, that, was so, that was not even funny. But that, again, is energy. That is good yeah. energy that we're yeah. sharing. Him and I, I don't speak like the Portuguese that they speak here. Yeah. But you don't need to speak 
the language of people, to feel the people. Yeah. Anybody can smile. That's universal. Well, you can. Energy, that's an exchange. Yeah, if you mm. can see it these days. Yeah. Because <laughs> of the mask. But you look in people's eyes, right? Well, I mean, I don't wear it. I'm not going to wear it. Yeah, we've, no, we've been pretty lucky here in Australia. We haven't had to deal with it too badly where we are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. What, do you, what do you say? Pardon? What did Troy say? No, he was clearing his throat as he walked, walked Oh, I thought it was adding to the conversation. <laughs> and this is the thing, right? One of the things that made me want to work with Renelle or have Renelle call me on my bullshit when it came to relationship and healing was the relationship she has with the Troy boy. I call him Troy boy. I don't remember anybody else calls him Troy boy. I mean, it might be your nickname for him, so sorry about that. But I just hear Troy and I just have to add boy. It's just a mind mapping thing, language, linguistics, rhyming, I don't know. But I, when I came out to, when I arrived in Australia um, and saw you and after we'd squealed and hugged each other for the, like, it was just, oh, that was just epic. Um, um, Watching you and Troy in your relationship and how you hold space for each other and just how he is so attentive to you. And I was like, wow, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Men really do that these days. So I'd mm-hmm. only seen my granddad do it and I'd only seen my dad, i.e. my stepdad, my dad do it with my mom. I'd never seen anybody our age have yeah, that right. relationship. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting at the back of the boat like, you're stood to the left of Troy and he's got his arm around you. And I was just like, wow. Like, and then I was just thinking, what kind of relationships have I had? And then I was like, no, Ramo used to do that with me. Ramo was really attentive. I was really happily married. No, he was really attentive, but it was was different. Mm. It was like a whole nother level. And I was like, I want that. I And the more in which you share the posts that you write, because neither of us hold back, let's be honest, mm-hmm. um, the stuff that people can learn from the work that you do by the posts that you write on Facebook, like if that doesn't wake them up, so like, you know, from whatever it is that they're doing, and some of the training videos that you've got in your membership groups. Mm. I mean, I will, I will, I will go there. I, I will go deep and dark and I will call myself. But some of your videos, I'm like, I'm five minutes and I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> and I have to go back again and I have to watch yeah. it again. Yeah. And then I'll probably get to seven minutes I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> because I there are parts of me that I'm still not ready. Still not yeah. ready to do that. So do you think that you can have a relationship with somebody if you're not healed? Yeah, well, of course you can have a relationship with them. It will just depend on, I was going to say the quality. I don't know if that's maybe the right word, but you will 
more more often than not, you'll probably find that if you haven't done the work, you're going to be triggered. Your old wounds are going to be triggered, and then you're going to be projecting onto your partner. And there's probably going to be there's going to be like a bit of chaos. You know, it won't be as smooth as it could be had you done work. Yeah, mm. I mean, there's a lot of variables. What about a partner you've got all sorts? So, yeah. So, if someone like me who, like you know, been single now four years, mm. well, it'll be four years in September. Fast forwarding, you know, um, and I've had the best time in so many ways. Mm. I'm like, wow. It's been messy. It's been painful. I've wanted to run and hide and hide under the duvet. That was when I was in Argentina and it was cold, not here in Brazil where it's really hot. Um, and I have not wanted to face it, but when I've gone there and now I'm like, yeah, I want to be in a relationship. And people have said to me, oh, but you know, you're sailing around the world. No one will know. Just have fun. Like, no. You gotta, you've got to earn your, you've got to earn your place in my space. Yeah. This energy, that's not being shared with anybody. Yeah. I don't even want you to touch me unless I say you can. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people understand that. I mean, okay, I know that I'm, I'm, I am old school. I want a gentleman. I want to get married. That's mm. my thing. When I go into a relationship, I don't just go into a relationship just for a quick bam, bam, thank you, ma'am, leave your money on the side. Or let's have yeah. loads of drinks. I mean, I don't drink, so that would just be pointless. But um, when you know you're ready to go into a relationship, um, but you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Like, I if, huh? I said, I think that sort of that, that to and fro or that push pull is is quite natural because I mean you risk being hurt. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But if you don't risk or if you don't if you don't take the risk to chance after love, then you won't you won't get love ever because you'll never take the risk. Yeah. Okay, so you'll probably like what I'm gonna say now. But businesses Come with a business plan, right? Mm -hmm. Sailing across an ocean, you have charts and you have a course that you relationships don't come with either. I can cross. I find it easier and more. Com I am more confident crossing an ocean, like mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Like love it, especially when the cl the closest bit of land is beneath you, uh, <laughs> which you know when you're in the middle of the Atlantic Lake, as I call it. Is really pretty cool. But a lot of people find um, relationships easier. And I know, again, it comes from the traumas that we've had and the experiences that we've had. But the people that go from relationship to relationship to relationship or fuck buddy to fuck buddy to fuck buddy, like, I, I just... For me, I... That makes me feel sad hmm. because I just think, why can't you just be by yourself? Why can't you just enjoy being by yourself? Being single has been amazing for me. I've got so much work done. It's been amazing. 
just no one to get in my way. I, I can yeah. go where I like, eat what I like, dance when I like, sing when I like. Uh, just I don't have to think about anybody else. So do you think that when people are in a certain part of a relation, like they've been single for so long and they've become so independent, do you think it's actually possible for, say, someone like me to actually go, hmm, yeah, no, I don't, yeah, I want a relationship, I just don't want you in my space. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I like my bed made every single morning. The moment I get out, I like my things exactly as they are now. Oh. What do you think that might be a resistance to if someone's listening? If it's a resistance. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a bit of a story. Okay, so I think it's in, I, I can't remember who wrote about this, but it is a common thing throughout tantra circles and stuff. Like they say that one I'm of glad the, you brought up tantra because I want to go there. One of the best things for relationships, especially like for chemistry and stuff, is to actually live separately. That is one of oh, the recommendations, really? which I mean, not a lot of people think Happy about. days. <laughs> I mean, well, why can't you have, why can't you create a space that is just for you to go to? to hang out in, to do whatever you do when you're living with somebody as well. They'll probably never come out. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> when my children came over, I'm a mother. I love my children. Um, and my friend came over as well. She was over for three days and I was kind of like, <laughs> oh, she's she not gone yet? And I said to her, like, she goes, you're really getting itchy for me to leave, aren't you? And yeah, I need to go with some work. She goes, oh, yeah. you need to sort that out, Dawn. I'm like, what? And then, like, when my boys are with me, like, Nasa was with me for six weeks in the end because of, his flight got cancelled. And he was only supposed to be with me for three weeks. So I had planned just to spend time with him for three weeks. Hmm. And we were, we were really cool. He went off to his room to do his things while he was doing that. I went and got on with my stuff. We'd meet up. We'd get on with stuff. And. So I understand what you're saying, but there are some people that I have met, other single ladies that are um, also successful, that they're like, I just, I just can't ever imagine myself in a relationship with anybody anymore because I've got so used to being by myself and mm. they don't want, they want the sex, they want the intimacy, they want the companionship, but they're not willing to open themselves up to that and some of them have been single five years, six years, mm -hmm. eight years. And I'm kind of at that four-year mark and I'm like, oh, these are interesting conversations. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> Am I going to get to that point? <laughs> it's well, interesting, it's, right? I don't know. I guess it's like, well, if that's how you want I don't know. It's like one of the things that I do with with a lot of my clients who are single, they're doing work, and then they want to call in their king. And I'm like, well, don't just say you want to call in any kind of fucking king. Get really clear on what you want in this in this partner or in this companion. How do you guys live? What do you do? What do you do for fun? Where do you go for dinner? What What's the arrangement, or how are you guys living? Um in your ideal relationship and then when you can get really clear on that 
you can recognize it when it shows up or when you meet somebody and it's not that, you can go, okay, next. Sorry. <laughs> swipe right or whatever. Is it swipe right? It? Like, swipe why left? settle for something if it's not everything that you want? But you can't, you, you're not going to have any idea of what that looks like if you don't even know what it fucking looks like on paper. You know, like, yeah, it's, it, I call it a call in your king blueprint. And it's a series okay. of questions like journaling prompts to get you really fucking clear on what this relationship looks like, on what this person looks like, and how you how you guys are going to be living moving forward in a relationship. Yeah. And then you stop wasting time falling into entanglements with people that are never going to be that. Or we'll people that just like your there. attention, but they yeah. don't. They're not willing to step yeah. up and give. Yeah. Yeah. They like wasting your time. They like the, and it, it's like, you know, it was really quite interesting. I did a post today on Instagram and um, it was about this, you know, because everything that I've been doing today, I, I mean, I, I get up in the morning, I'm like out of bed. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, I'm so excited about everything I'm doing, you know, and I am, I just love my life. I just, I'm so excited by it. Mm. And then there will be those moments when either you hear a song or you, um, you know, like whatever, there will just be something. Like today I saw a couple as I was outside on the balcony, like, you know, just looking out of the ocean because she's so beautiful. Um, she's all sparkly today and everything. Um, but um, there was a couple just playing, just really being daft and silly and, like, mm. playing TIG and, like, I don't know anything about their relationship, nothing, other than they were really tender with each other, they were just being really, really daft and they were running around just chasing each other and just having, like, I could hear her from laughing and that beach is a big, massive beach. Seriously, mm. takes me a good five minutes to get to the water, and you know how quickly I want to be in the water, right? Mm. And um, I was like, oh, and it made me think, like, oh, especially with this whole pandemic going on and the amount of ugh, idiocy that there is, the the kind of guys that I'm going to be interested in, the selection is <laughs> getting smaller and mm. smaller and smaller and smaller, and it's like, okay. Is there anybody in there? Right. And it was really quite interesting because the minute I posted that, like, um, like I mean, lo lots of the women that were like, yeah, I love that post, love that post. Um, messages, you know, not just public ones, but private ones. Um, but the number of people that were following me just dropped. And yeah. that was really quite interesting. And I noticed that several men have dropped off my Instagram feed now. And I'm like, bye. Not bothered. It's filtering. And this yeah. is the thing, like, and the reason why I'm asking you a lot of these questions um, and explaining mm -hmm. these scenarios is obviously because I want to draw out of you um, more about what your work, what the work you do and given scenarios so that people can hear mm -hmm. um that if they're relating to anything I'm asking you or anything I'm sharing, then they can uh, come and reach out and do some work with you um, because I just think you're bloody amazing and 
not just because I'm a friend. You know, I'd tell you if you were shit or not. Um, yeah. But um, I wouldn't be a friend otherwise if you weren't great. That's a start. Um, but just people are so afraid to lose something mm. that they hang on to something that's not good for them. Mm-hmm. They're so afraid of uh, walking away from an okay, it's okay, instead of going after great. And it reminds me of the business book Jim, that Jim Collins wrote, Good mm-hmm. to Great. And it's like people are so happy being mediocre. mediocre Businesses yeah. are so happy being mediocre or just mm-hmm. getting by. Like you ask people, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. Next. Yeah. Really? You're just all right? Yeah. Why aren't you awesome? Why aren't you great? Why aren't you amazing? I've never mm-hmm. heard you so quiet. I oh, know. I'm just allowing you to talk because usually we're over the top of each other. <laughs> We've done all right tonight, haven't we? I know. I, I know. Um, I just had something drop in as you were talking before. So you know how you were talking about like like some ladies that have been, you know, single for however long and they're like, oh, I just don't want anybody in the space. One, if you actually have everything in a man, you're going to fucking want him in your space because <laughs> you're not going to give Say that again if you want one. So you know how you were saying how you've got, you know, there's ladies that have been single for however long and there's, they're so sort of set in their ways and they're like, oh, but if I have a partner, I don't want them here because I'm so used to the way things are, just me being You'll leave the eye. toilet seat up. Like, seriously, that's your biggest problem. <laughs> there's, two, there's two things that I want to sort of say to that. So firstly, if you, really want to, if you really want a relationship, you create the space for it. Otherwise, it's never going to come in anyway. But, yeah, it's about creating, creating space in your life for the relationship, okay? And then there's two. Um, ah, it's just left my head. Oh. I was just going to say it. What was I saying just before that? Yoza's baby. Um. <laughs> oh, this is it. Okay, okay, okay. So always, it always works. Every time I say Yoza's baby, it always comes back. So here's also the thing, okay? So you say, oh, like, I want a relationship, I want all these things, but I don't know if I can, you know, accommodate them in my life because I love my life so much or anything like this. When you have the perfect or your most ideal version of a man or everything that you want in a man or a partner walk into your life, you're not going to give a fuck about everything else because you're just going to be like, oh, my God, where have you been? Mm. Like you're going to be so in love with this person that it's not going to be about you and just you and your stuff anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. So mm. when that right person comes along, I think everything fucking shifts. Mm. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You make time for them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just about making time. It's because, well, you want them. Mm. Because they're, they're your everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be yeah. scary. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, there are, 
you know that there was someone that distracted me recently mm-hmm. um and that took me completely by surprise i was like huh? what you know what i, I love about that about that experience though is because it means that you're still open it means that you still have it within you to feel this way yeah. after not for so long like that was what was really beautiful. I don't know, just the outsider observing in. It's like, well, you're still capable of this. You've still got it in you. You're open, your heart's open. You're not dead inside. Oh, I've still got it in me right so, now. So that's what I was like. That was now, the pause. In that, you know, yeah. 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 And it took me a long time to admit that there was, like, even to myself, oh my God, like, Well, where did he come from? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you kind of journaled him in Dawn. You know, you kind of wrote down everything. <laughs> and I got, and I tell you, I will be completely honest. When I, when that happened, and this happens to me, I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting better at this. Um, but every time I journal something, like this is going to happen. Uh, and I always, uh, so this is something that I'll share with people. Um, when I journal, I always finish it um, with, I, I, I'm not as exacting anymore because I know that I'm in human form. I have a limited capacity to know what I'm able to receive. So I mm. always kind of, I mean, I know that there's a lot of coaches out there or a lot of people that will say, no, you need to get down to the exact penny. You need to get down to the exact color of the cup that you're going to be drinking out of. Well, you know what? They've only got white cups here. I would choose a blue cup. But if you look at it in the light, it's actually kind of like a light blue cup. So I kind of got what I wanted anyway. But the thing is, sometimes when I journal, it happens so quickly. Or it happens exactly as I've journaled. Um. Or things, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I journaled about this. And I'll go back through my journals, ones I haven't burnt. Um, and uh, oh, it's new moon tonight, fire yes. on the beach in a bit. Um, and um, I remember journaling, like, what, what do I want in a mat? What kind of lifestyle are we going to have? Mm-hmm. Where are we going to be? What are we going to be doing? You know, like, what kind of food are we going to be eating? You know, even down to, you know, like um, certain characteristics, certain things that, you know, like books we would read or conversations we'd have or, you know, but also the fact that, you know, and it was just like, oh, my God, fuck. Do I really want this? And I ran. I was like, no, okay, I don't, no, I don't, I'm not, no, I'm not ready. No, I don't want this. No, no, okay. And then I started looking for all the reasons not to. Yeah. I started making all the things like, I don't want this. No, no, I don't want this. I, I'm too busy. I, I, I'm focusing on my business. It's just going to get in the way. Oh, my God, it's just, you know, no, I'm not having this. I'll fuck. And then it was just that space. and It was just, you know, this is how I feel. But the fact that I opened myself up to be rejected by him uh, which happened, but hey-ho, you know, no. such is life. But the fact that I was brave enough to share that mm. um, and get knocked back, but I get up again. Right. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> but like you said, I was willing to face that rejection. Mm, you were open. Yeah. yeah. But if I hadn't, he'd still I'd still be there like going round and round and round in my head. Yeah. And he would still be taking up space in my head and in my energetic field. So the mm. moment I got that rejection, it's like, okay, I've got to process this now. Yeah. Because it isn't just about letting it go, especially when you've been through what I had been through. Mm. And some of the stuff that your clients go through and the stuff that you help them work through. Mm. And the relationship that we have with someone else is next to the relationship we have with ourselves is the biggest thing in our life. Yeah. Yeah. So why would people not want to invest in healing that stuff and getting past that stuff and sticking with mediocrity? Mm. I know. Because it's our yeah. life. Yeah. You're going to be in relationship with somebody forever. Yeah. With numerous people, whether it's your kids, your parents, like some, but also like your intimate partners. Mm. How do you not want the skills? to do that better how do you not want to improve that area of your life i don't understand you know why do you want I mean, to be like, miserable i know like love is love is its own reward and you can't buy that shit <laughs> no you, you can't. know like yeah yeah and this is why i think that and why i wanted to have you on because not only because i love you and i know we've got loads of more conversations that we're going to have but for me it's like i can't comprehend why people will just settle for mm. someone that they've always been with because they've got history together or um excuse me i don't like the own you're never going to get this time back mm. and as someone who yeah. has been on her own for four almost four years like i haven't had a hug from anybody since my son left in February, right? Mm. And before he arrived in the January, I hadn't hugged anybody for 18 months, mm. right? And it was like, do I just want to be with someone just because I'm lonely mm. uh, or because I want to hug? And I love cuddles. I'm a cuddle bear. Mm. I, I'm, mm. I really like snuggles. Um, and, but... I had to go through that whole thing. Like, I want to actually have, when I get into a relationship, I want it to be a really powerful connection. I, it's not going to be easy. Mm. I am not easy on mm -hmm. any level. We'll just put that No, out. No great relationship ever is. I think you constantly, no. you're always doing the work. If you want to grow together, if you want to improve, like, yeah, it's about meeting each other and go, right, how can we do this better? Mm. where do I need to step up for you where do you need to step up for me like you've got to constantly be pouring into the container otherwise it's gonna die mm. yeah I, I I like to use the plant analogy yeah yeah if you don't feed the plant and you don't put it in a big enough container it can't grow yeah 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 mm. so how can people get hold of you then Renal? Um, other than through the show notes that I'm gonna put out there <laughs> Just through Facebook is the easiest way. That's where I show up the most. Um, yeah. Why do you only use Facebook? Well, I don't. I've got my Instagram account, but I just 
because I'm because st- I'm not working full time in just my business. Like my life is like all over the shop with my work, with my roster, for my driving trucks that we were talking about earlier on. Um, so I just sort of keep things simple at the moment until I can go full-time in my business, which will hopefully be at the end of this year. Yeah. Then I will be expanding. There's no hopefully about it, young lady. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't letting you go further than my birthday, past my birthday this year. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I have to swim across the bloody Pacific and bitch slap you back, <laughs> you ain't going past my birthday this year. <laughs> you're either all in Renell or you're yeah. half arsed. No, I get yeah. it. Right. So before we do go, because um, mm. I do want to be respectful of your time um, oh. and my own, obviously, um, Tantra. Is yeah. it one big massive orgy and no. get your rocks off <laughs> kind of thing, right? No, no I know that we've had this conversation, yeah. but I know that yeah. a lot of people. I mean, I, I, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm. No, I'm not just going to go and like have like. No, that's just like. I'm, I, again, I'm not a prude. I, I, not at all. But. Um, I always just think, no, no, it's private. My body's private. I don't want to be sleeping and having sex with every Tom, Dick and Harry at a tantra workshop and having one big, massive uh, love fest and squirt a fun. I don't want to be doing that, right? But you were like, but Dawn, that's not what, it, <laughs> that's not what it's about. That's not what it is. So tell us what's like, well, So there's sort of the two parts. There's the very spiritual side of it. And then there is, I think they call it neo-tantra or whatever. I've so got another I'm, label, another division. Isn't that the labels for fucking everything? But in a number of the tantra communities, there is open relating. Um, done. I, I've seen, like, there's a couple of people that I follow sort of online. So they are married and they do open relating. They do it from a very conscious um position I guess well from what I can see anyway um but then of course you've got the darker side of that world which you know under the label of polyamory and everything like this it's like there's wife swapping and there's a whole heap of bullshit and betrayal and <laughs> um mm-hmm. and abuse. there's a lot of hurt in those spaces or there's you know people go in with the intention of you know learning about sacred sexuality and then they sort of get hooked in from the darker side of like sexual desire and stuff. I don't know if I quite I've quite got the words for this. But um Tantra for me was in a nutshell, it's about creating connection and safety to explore the edges of your pleasure. Okay. So and it's a lifestyle. Pleasure as a lifestyle with how you eat, how you enjoy a sunset. Yeah. Um so there's a couple of ways you can sort of split it. Uh, when I went to a tantra workshop, no, we didn't get naked or partner swap or any any bullshit like that. Um, but we did learn like different intimacy practices and stuff, which was which was really cool. Um, one of the tantra workshops that I went to, I had like my big fuck off wake up moment, um, obviously, which led to so much of my own healing and development. But um, yeah, tantra is not—it's not 
big open orgies and everything <laughs> people assume it is yeah it's actually quite beautiful and then you can look at the, like the spiritual side of it and it's fucking stunning <laughs> yeah so i think people need to sort of do their own research into what it is and is not and what they want to take from it so but as with anything there's dark and light to it all yeah like look at the spiritual world, like the spirituality world. You've got people thinking that they're fucking God and gurus. Like that's not healthy. <laughs> and no, that's spirituality, grand delusions. You know, so there's like, yeah, there's there's good and bad in everything. Mm. You've got to be discerning. Yeah. Will there be tantra workshops coming from Renell McPherson? Yes, that is coming up the end of this year. Yes. Will that be yeah. in Mexico or Cuba? Um, not until the borders open. We'll be oh. definitely heading back to Bali. I would love to do something in South America, but it's just working it out, logistics and everything. Yeah, to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm already here. Love. So, you know, and I leave soon. Yeah. Yeah, mm. you missed the boat. Yeah. Quite we literally, you missed the boat. I'll not unless one. you're leaving for But life. I will be coming back. I will be coming to kidnap you. Yeah. Take me, take me. Say that again. I said, take me, take me. I said, you're going to come and kidnap me. No, no, you, you're not allowed to leave Australia. Yeah, no, we're not allowed to leave. Like, unless we're leaving for, like, a period of time. What, like an hour? <laughs> for, like, six months or, like, we've got to have really good reasons as to why we're leaving. Mm. Oh, talk about passport control of a seat. Before we go down that route, let's just call time on this one and we'll come back and move a few other subjects because we've been going for quite a while now, I think, like what, an hour and a half? No, we've been going for an hour, so that's not too bad. Um, But I've absolutely loved, I mean, guy, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs in the corner, Wondering what the hell has been going on while we've been going dog pitch almost. I've been trying to get hold of this woman for like, trying to get her on a call for a couple of months now. Yeah. Because we've both been beasting it so beautifully. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you. I love you so much, Renell. I love you too. I know you do. I'm a lucky baby. <laughs> love you too, Troy, and you, Alabama. Um, so this is my friend, Renel. Um, and, uh, yes, we are we are raw. We are real. Um, and if you do want to have, if you've got anything that you want to improve within your relationship, if you are looking for someone who's going to take you to the depth of the dark night of the soul um, and bring you back out, um facing up to everything and actually transforming not just your relationship with others but the relationship with yourself and achieving everything that you want to achieve in life and this is this is someone I would highly recommend and I wouldn't say that if I didn't trust her she wouldn't even be in my space if I didn't and those of you who know me know that I do a new moon cleanse and the delete button gets a lot of action in my life um not so much now because my space is a lot more refined but uh you can get hold of Renelle by the clicking on the notes in the show on the details 
at the bottom of this podcast when I eventually get it up. Um, <laughs> so, um, I okay, moving on. But yes, the details will be in the show notes. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for joining me, Renelle. Absolutely, my pleasure. All right, then, gorgeous. <laughs> Love you much. Ciao, ciao. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Truth Serum Podcast. You can follow Dawn directly through her Instagram account, instagram.com forward slash real Dawn Bates. This is an invitation only podcast. That said, if you would like to speak with us or come on the show, please send an email through hello at dawnbates.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Remember to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Sharing is caring, so share away. Until next time, folks, grab a good book, see a sunset, and expand your knowledge and experience.